Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Daniel Van Kirk. I am here. And our guest on the show is our favorite murderer because she murders this episode. Karen Kilgariff, thanks for joining. It was my pleasure. What a joy. We talk about We talk about swords. Oh, yeah. Uh, sword uh, stores. Sword yeah. stores. A guy who might have deserved to get attacked. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did, but he might have. He's an E... <laughs> Ethlete. Yeah. He's an, an E-athlete. E-athlete. That's Everybody. all you need to know. That's all you need right. to know. Talk about Claudia tiny, and her life changes. Tiny Sasquatches. <laughs> tiny Sasquatches. And the Sheboygan Clogger. Which, you, yeah, we you, need the town's help on that one. This is it. It is Sword Stores, Tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> and the Sheboygan Clogger with Karen Kilgariff. You have to listen to this week's episode of Dumb People Town. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kalberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right. It's Drinky Fun Time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. You know, I'm already enjoying the show because I'm, I've got a glass of bubbly in front of me. And I've got Emma Patterson in front of me. What more could I possibly want? Emma, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. You just handed me this giant glass of sparkling white wine. Yes, I did. I said sparkling white wine because I I genuinely don't know if it's, what is it, Carva Prosecco? Is it champagne? Are you treating me to champagne? This is is this? This is a sparkling wine, and the reason we're having it is because this is our 2017 holiday wine Extravaganza. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, that's right. If you're cheers, listening at home, producer cheer, Bo. producer Bo, cheers over here. If you're listening at home, you're going to want to have a pen and paper uh, handy mm. for this one. You know, normally on the show, we have a celebrity on and we kick it with them. But you know what? This show, we're just we're just crushing knowledge on this show. We, I know it's a holiday time, right? And everybody, you, you know, you got to buy wine. You got to go to parties. You got to get wine, right? Well, also, it'd be quite cool, or would it? But just to sit there at Christmas and Thanksgiving or wherever you're celebrating, and just sort of educate your buddies and your family. Be like, you know, that, that, that the reason we're drinking this today is because it goes really well with what we're eating, and here's why. And you're going to tell us about so this. So we're going to try to, we're gonna try to do that, and, and we'll, go to, we'll address your very first question here, uh, which is what we are drinking. Um, okay, here comes the shameless plug, first of all. All right, as you Already? know. What are we, two minutes? As you in? know, I, I, oh, I traveled Jesus. the country a couple I'm years sorry, ago. sorry, people. And I wrote a book called American Wine Hotel of Reds, Whites, and One, Man Blue, One Man's Blues. And one of the joys of this was I actually drove all around the United States 
and let's face it, not all the wine around the United States is great, but I did discover some gems, and one of them is this one we have in front of us, is Gruet. Which is the sparkling. Yeah, G-R-U-E-T, Gruet. It's a, a sparkling wine, Blanc de Blanc. This is the G25. Gruet's made... What does G25 mean? That's just the name of their... I don't know what, what they gave that. I think, it's, I think it might be the, the anniversary year. That might, it's the 25th anniversary. That's why they call it that. But it's made out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, okay? And this is one of my favorite sparkling wines in the world, and it's not expensive. This bottle's probably, the normal Gruet is about $17. This thing's in the 20s, right? So, so where you, Walter White yeah. did his drugs is where this stuff That's comes right, from. That's right, Breaking oh, Bad, it's so cool. right near where they did Breaking Bad. What do you think of it? Um, I did just have a, cheers, a little sip. What do you and, think um, of this? Now, because I just had a, a protein shake, which was sweet That's and loaded yeah. with banana, I'm guessing that wouldn't be something you would drink with a banana. I don't think you would. That's so, so what we want to warm the that? palate up with that. But I find this thing, I think it's very crisp and light. If you like a, if you like a, a sparkling wine that's not sweet, this isn't sweet at all. I mean, this is a refreshing. This is sort of a get, your, get, your, get you warmed up to eat. So if you were going to have some turkey... Mm-hmm. It's a perfect thing to have before a big turkey dinner or a, any meal, really. It's just going to get you ready to eat. Why do we drink sparkling wine before meals? I mean, obviously, you know, it's the, kind of, it's the classic, here's a glass of Prosecco or champagne, here's some appetizers. What is it, does, it, does it sort of get our taste buds all cleaned? Or? That's exactly it. The wines are designed designed to just like certain things are called you know this is an aperitif a digestif the, the, the way that spirits or in this case the wine is designed it's to actually prime your palate to eat and, and that's the, what they're doing and, and that i'm ready to eat right now uh food that well no i mean we're in la we don't eat oh, protein yeah, shakes only <laughs> protein shakes so emma i want to get to your thing about sparkling wine so what this so the blanket category is sparkling wine Okay, all bubbly is sparkling wine, but not all bubbly is champagne. Do you know, no, do you no. know why? You know this. I know you know this. I don't know if this is common knowledge. I think it should be that you, champagne is only champagne if it was made in Champagne, in which is the region of champagne in France. That is correct. Yes. And here's the thing about, uh, about bubbly is it was never really anybody's intent to have this fizz in this fermented uh, juice, it, it was kind of an accident, right? Uh, and, and they it, ruined the white wine, and what do you know? They yep. stumbled upon this delicious stuff. That's it. That's that's kind of what happened. They about 350 years ago, uh, they started shipping champagne. Started shipping loads of wine to your. Uh, Europe, of the woods, England, England. and uh, during production, it, it would get so cold in champagne that they the, the fermentation would stop prematurely. Sorry. Excuse me. Excuse um, you. And that would leave... Uh, re- See, I'm still fermenting, though. Yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> you are. Uh, so there'd be this residual sugar and dormant yeast would be in the barrels, okay? Because that's what's causing the fermentation. That, you know, uh, the yeast is attacking the sugar, okay? So, so now the wine gets bottled up tightly, and then they ship it off to a warmer climate. And what started to happen was when the temperature went up, another fermentation occurred inside the bottle and that produced carbon dioxide and the gas had nowhere to go and what it did went into the solution and it created the iconic bubbly that we know today 
and that's what we're drinking. This is how champagne happened. So, you know, the, you know the story of Dom Perignon. That's uh, the, the no. What is his bloody story? Why is he so expensive? Well, Dom Perignon is often credited with uh, inventing champagne. He didn't invent champagne. He was the first to see the tendency of these wines to get to this trait, and uh, and but really the credit belongs to the 17th century London hipsters who were wanting that wine from champagne that's really but Dom uh, Perignon is not the oldest champagne is it no 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 there was there, there was uh so uh, since the first caveman made a, a, a crude version of uh, Pruno do you know what Pruno is no unlike oh, me Pruno Pruno's prison wine they call it oh guys in prison make wine in the toilets what? uh Ew. but uh yeah no the, the bubbly uh there was primitive si- societies blamed the appearance a bubbly on phases of the moon and the devil. and But really, all it was, whenever this would happen, would be a secondary fermentation occurring in the wine, and they just didn't know what, what was, was going magic. on. Yeah. It was magic. So anyway, now we got this, and now champagne is made. It's champagne and, and it has been made in France, and they're, it's primarily made with three uh, grape varietals, and that is Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Chardonnay. Those are the three grapes that they generally use to make bubbly. Pinot Meunier? Yeah. And this huh. one, what is this one made with? This is so what we're drinking here is made with? <coughs> I don't know. I should probably know that. Uh, you so know what? Go to Gruet's website and check it out. Mm. Can I make the assumption that the, say, in the, the most typical Christmas or Thanksgiving uh, situation when the whole family's there, is what we're drinking right now sort of a price point of, like, everyone can drink it and you can probably drink lots of it? I th- absolutely. That, that's the thing with Gruet as opposed to Dom Perignon or Krug or Cristal. I mean, obviously, that's expensive stuff, right? And you're not, unless you're a baller, like producer Bo. Is a baller. At his Thanksgiving, everybody's drinking Cristal. But us, no. common folk, uh, Gruet, I mean, you can get a bottle of the regular Gruet bubbly for $17. So get a case of it. A case of it less than two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know you're you're solid for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Do you think there's snobbery in the world or of sparkling Christmas, wine? Uh, do I think there's snobbery? Absolutely. Do you remember years ago there was a uh, a big controversy? Uh, you know, because a lot of the rappers like Jay Z and a lot you know, were, they were in a lot of songs like Cristal and Dom. And, and so the guy and I'm I'm winging this off the top of my head, but the guy who ran Cristal, uh, Mr. Cristal, that guy came out and said that, you know, we don't necessarily want to be associated with rappers, right? That's what he said. And so Jay-Z got pissed. You do not want to fucking piss off Jay-Z, I don't think so. No. And so Jay-Z got pissed and was like, yo, nobody is drinking Cristal anymore. Nobody drinks Cristal. And basically... Like all the, you know, all the rappers just stopped getting Cristal. And it, it actually took a major hit, Cristal sales. Sure. Because of him saying that. But he didn't, him, he being French, he never took it back. He didn't take it back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That people might assume that if you come to a party with a, a well, let's just call it a cheap bottle of Carver, which I love, by the way. I think they make yeah. great mimosas or and cava is the spanish version of sparkling oh, wine oh thank yeah. you yeah. and then it versus showing up with the bottle of verve clique or whatever then someone's going to be like oh we'll, we're just going to save the bottle of verve clique and put it to the back of the fridge and hope no one drinks it during the party 
Why? Why? Well, it all tastes the same. Here's the thing about Vuv, though. A regular bottle of Vuv is only about $40. Did I say it wrong? Yeah, Vuv. no. Uh, uh, Vuv Clico. Yeah, Vuv Clico. Vuv Clico. Not Clico. Uh, Clico. Okay. Clico. And that, a regular bottle, that's only about 40 bucks. Oh, my God. Stop, stop please. Cristal, 200 bucks. Uh, Krug, about 140 to 220 Dom Perignon's going to set you back about $150. So you can get... You can get cheaper, you can get, again, like something like Rouet or a lot of the sparkling wines out of California mm. are fairly reasonable and, and really good. But, okay. they're, you know, they're, again, they're not. All right. Well, not. I've got so many questions about sparkling wine, but I don't want to go off the point and off the topic and, and, and off the fact that you went on an adventure this week without me. I did. So we need to educate uh, everyone listening and myself because uh, I wasn't I, there. I, okay. So I... Sometimes uh, I'm, I, I'm a man enough to admit when I'm Sometimes. So occasionally I will say, I'll make offhand comments about producer Bo, and I'll say, hey, who needs him? I mean, we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, we don't need We've him. gone out and gotten drunk yeah. before. Like, who needs this guy? But it's times like this that I, I realize that I do need producer Bo mm-hmm. because I was set out on my own. After you went into the Gave wilderness. me the recorder, and he said, go, young man, Go. And do something impressive for this show. And what did he you say? Couldn't, you couldn't make it. Yeah, I think you were at Pilates class or something that night. You couldn't make it. So, yeah. It's where and, I live, right? The yeah, Pilates so you were class. at Pilates. So I went and um, I went to this thing called the Stars of Cabernet. Okay, it was very fancy. It's at the Peninsula Hotel. Uh, our friend uh, Ian Blackburn, who uh, has WineLA.com, WineLA, great resource. Ian puts this thing on, right? It's all these ballers, all these ballers, ballers, baller wine guys, stuff. Cabernet, mostly California, okay? Uh, and I went there to record because for the audience, for you, everybody out there listening, I wanted to get you some wines that you can, uh, you know, you hear about them, hear the winemakers Yeah, you went and did them. the hard work for us. And what I did, though, was I don't know what I'm doing with yeah. the recorder. And so, uh, what would you call that, uh, producer, bro? Would that be, uh, uh, what did I do? Oversaturate? What did I, yeah, something. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have the levels correct. So, all the levels on your, your really expensive recording equipment were set perfectly, but you just decided to go off piece a little on your own, didn't well, you? Well, and I kept, I, maybe I was putting the microphone too close to the man. So, here, anyway. give an example. I, I spoke with Ian. And let's see how how that's. A, and by the way, there's like, like ten minutes of you know this at the beginning of here. Let's let's see how this sounds. Hey, this is Dan. I'm at the oh. Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills, one of the fanciest, schmanciest places in all the world. And, you sound like okay, so, it's, you it's were, not that bad. You sound like you're on MTV in like 1990. <laughs> In a, in a club reporting back to base. It's like, here I am in the I middle. Uh, I mean. And what, but, but what is the term? What am I doing? Uh, I would say distortion. Distortion, that's it. And uh, it's fitting oh, then that I'm Jesus, standing with I a gentleman who is quite dandy. Uh, oh, God. What happened? I, just maybe, if I ju- maybe let me jump ahead and see. Maybe it's better here. Let's see how it sounds over this part right here. People are checking us out. Like, did we plan this? Yeah. It's a blue. What's this pattern you got here? I think it's called a houndstooth or blue houndstooth pattern. Yeah, oh, we had the like same that. jacket. We did not plan oh, this. Fashion. So, yeah, You're talking about fashion. Days. 
People are looking okay, at the Okay, stop it. Just stop bad. it. Okay. okay. Did you need to be standing in the fountain when you were doing the recording? <laughs> I know. It's bad. Well, okay, but not they're not all terrible. There's a, a couple that I think I did and that could actually be usable. This is a wine called Gamble, okay? Mm. And Gamble is really good. And, it, again, I hope you have a pen and paper handy right now. Write this down because this information is valuable. Okay, here we go, and let's see what happens here. I'm with Lauren Bradley of Gamble Family Vineyards. Lauren, how nervous are you right now? <laughs> Don't ask me that. No, I'm, I'm fine. You're good. Fire okay. away. All right, I'm going to fire away. Where is Gamble Family Vineyards? Gamble Family Vineyards, uh, well, we have vineyards kind of across Napa Valley um, and one in Mount Beter, but we are based in Oakville. Okay. How many do you know where Napa Valley is? Yeah, I don't know particularly where Oakville is, though. It's in the Napa Valley. Right. Wineries just north of Yonville. Okay, and for you, those of you listening out there who are not uh, affluent enough to go to that area, it's just Napa. It's the Napa area. <laughs> there we go. So what, do you, what did you pour into my glass here, Lauren? So you have a rosé, mm. uh, a Bordeaux-style rosé, to be more specific. We basically... When you say that, oh, yeah. Bordeaux, don't mind me, I'm going to cut you off a lot. You can really you can relate to that, right? I have a question. The cutting, yeah. Go ahead. What do you drink? What do you eat with rosé? Oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, you, you I guess you'd associate it with like lighter foods, right? You know, kind of. I mean, what do you you drink a lot of rosé? What do you like to eat? I with? do, but I actually find that I don't have it when I'm eating. It tends to be like a we'll say god forbid we'll go out day drinking. That doesn't happen. But no. if I am and I'd like a lighter refreshing drink but I don't want heavy red wine because it's the middle of the day I'll probably go for a rosé but I don't really pair it with food so I was just curious what were you guys eating or snacking we were or? well we just had some cheese there yeah, okay. was, oh and you know what actually at the peninsula they were serving pasta oh and guess what because as you know I was oh, cured don't. no I was cured I was cured of my gluten allergy by Adam Carolla's beer if you remember so, at the peninsula, they were serving, uh, uh, what is it, truffle mac and cheese? Oh, delicious. Truffle mac and cheese, uh, spinach raviolis, and uh, gnocchi. And I loaded up the plate and ate it all. Um, and guess what? I was good. I was fine. You're kidding. Adam Kroll, he saved me. The arrogant, what's that called? Endless Rant Endless IPA. Rant IPA, yeah. For anyone listening who didn't get that episode or didn't listen, uh, yeah, Dan was not going to drink Adam Carolla's uh, IPA, and uh, then he, you got brave and decided to just deal with the stomachache if it came about, and it didn't. It didn't and happen. you got this whole new... Uh, at least of just confidence, didn't you? Although I, it didn't stop you trying to push those pastries on us earlier. No. I, well, pastries... Okay, so... Well, I don't know. I guess pasta's as bad as pastries, right? right. Pasta's... Anyway. But I know it is. It's probably because they're using good wheat at the peninsula. Oh, Maybe. Beverly Hills I'm wheat. It's, it's fancy. You can't, you know... Fermenting. Stop. I'm fermenting. fermenting. I don't know what's going on. All right. Let's see, who are we talking to? Oh, let's see. Who we're That's what I was about oh. to tell you. I'm not good at this. <laughs> see, you're better at this than I am. Okay. So our Bordeaux style rosé, we bleed off the first 3 to 5% um, of our Bordeaux varietals, specifically uh, the wine that we make for Paramount. Um, so Bordeaux. I don't know what that means. Paramount what? Studios? She... I guess is she making them for the film company? And also, what does she mean bleed off? Like, so it means they're they're they're... They they stab the grape. They, 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 oh. Yes, they stab it. They kill it. Oh, bleeds. No, I'm kidding. Uh, bleed off. I think she means that they're they're getting rid of it. It's like the heads and the tails on the spirits, right? You know when you. I think no. I'm making that up. I have no idea. I, I only wrote the book. Okay. I'm just making it up. Yeah. Refers to the varietals. So this particular rosé is made from 58% Cabernet, 34 Cab Franc, and then 4 and 4 on Petit Verdot and Merlot. Okay. 
So it's it's a weightier style of rosé. It's got a little bit more structure than, say, um, you know, a, a lot of French rosés of Grenache and Syrah are very delicate. Yeah, this one this one does, and this this kind of feels body. like a wine you you know, especially now with the holidays, it's not it's not a wine that you think about. You're going to be drinking this on the porch in summertime. This feels well, like a rosé by the fire. <laughs> You could definitely drink it on the porch in the summer, but I actually prefer uh, rosé around Thanksgiving. Okay. I think it's a great starter for a big heavy meal or actually to pair with your turkey. I th See? She's See? answering all your questions right here. Yeah. So to I'm just happy that it's working. <laughs> that the thing's not so distorted. Turkey. Okay. <laughs> turkey and rosé. Yeah. By the way, let's, we're going to try while we're doing this. Should we try some more wine? I mean, this gray yeah. is fantastic. Let me chug it. Um, God, they're just downing this. But so, oh, oh, so yeah. here's the thing with rose. It okay. comes in sort of, uh, you can get it like super, super, super pink and red and sweet and a little bit too syrupy. Yeah. And then others are almost borderline peach colored, like flesh, like blush, I think they might call it. Why is they, why are, I guess you can't just go out and get a sweet darker pink and pair it with your turkey i don't know if that's going to be the same i you know i i personally think that um that especially with rosé because there's there's been this idea that we're you know rosé and it is inexpensive you can get good inexpensive rosé but i'm kind of of the idea that it, it's that you get what you pay for and i think you go with the higher end uh, ro you know, it's mm -hmm. like anything. You get, you get higher end rosé because I think the cheaper ones tend to be, like you said, like this cloyingly sweet. And, yeah, and, and and you know, just too much fruit. And uh, I think with rosé, you know, in the twenty five to thirty five dollar range for for rosé is okay. is probably the way to go. Aim up. And another another thing you can do um, if you don't want to do rosé when you were talking about your day drinking is. Lambrusco. The sparkling red wine. Lambrusco is... Stop. Uh, is, I know. I can't. I don't know what's going on. Let me... Let me maybe if it's a bubbly. So let's do this. I'm going to pour some of this. This is Jordan 2015 Chardonnay. We love Jordan. Jordan's From up the there. Uh, Russian it's River. Russian River Valley in, in Sonoma the, County. Sonoma. We're going to talk about them in a bit, but I love this wine. Everybody knows Jordan. They make two things. They make Chardonnay and they make Cabernet Sauvignon and they make it... It's very consistent. It's, it's sort of the epitome of what California Chardonnay and what California Cabernet is. But we'll go back to that in a second. Lambrusco. Lambrusco grapes winemaking lineage goes back to the Etruscans, okay? And this fruity frizzanti, that's what they call it, the, the red wine it yields, has been popular in the old world since, like, uh, what's it, Caligula, you know, like back then. That's it. Oh, but, right, back then. Now, here in America... <laughs> Very star-crossed. And we've talked, we had Kevin Alejandro on the show, and we talked about this, and Lambrusco was Riuniti. Riuniti on ice, it's so nice, or whatever. And it was really bad. It was shitty, shitty, sorry, Riuniti, but what? it yep. was shitty, sweet red wine. But in recent years, there's uh, a lot of them are coming on now that are really good. There's this Clito Charlie, which is great. It's about $17 a bottle. Yes. And I think, personally, for your holiday dinner, whatever you're doing for the holidays, this is a like it's a really nice way to switch. If you show up at a party or, or a holiday dinner with a bottle of Lambrusco, because I think don't you believe this too, Emma? Is like it's like it's a nice conversation piece, you know? Like, well, people oh. are shocked by it too. If, if yeah. they're like, I didn't know this existed, and it's chilled, and I'm enjoying it, and it's bubbly, and it's red wine. 
Yeah, and it's I'm, fun. And, they're, and they're not none of none of the good ones. So again, you got your pens out here. We got Cleto Charlie. That's C H I A R L I Lambrusco. Seventeen dollars. It's fantastic. You'll love it. It's got that. It's very. It's like lip smacking. That little tanginess to it. It's crisp. Really, 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 and that gets you ready to eat too. It gets that. It gets your gets your palate. Moist is that the word? Yeah, uh, we can oh, just get rid that of that word. word. Uh, moist well, is such. Producer, a bad word. cut that word out. There's one called Medici Ermite. My Italian's. Fantastic. Are these your favorite? These are my favorite Lambruscos. Concerto Reggiano, the 2015. It's twenty three dollars. Medici, so like the Medici family, you know. All right, I like this idea that yeah. you know just wild card just get a lambrusco and and see how everyone feels about it and it's probably very drinkable you can probably get through quite a lot of it oh yeah our friend you know our mutual friend uh, dave zeeler z we do z, have a friend z loves z. a great z loves a great lambrusco he does and, and he is probably one of the preeminent wine experts from delray <laughs> new jersey yeah he and, is uh, and he knows here's one for 18 dollars can you pronounce this because i can't try to pronounce that go ahead what's that one just point to this one this yeah go ahead caviccioli you gotta say the whole thing oh embutto caviccioli a figli figna del cristo lambrusco <laughs> i gotta start again <laughs> is that a statement or a name no i want to caviccioli a figli vigna del just don't buy this one <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> hey, everyone, I've got this Lambrusco. Don't, just don't just ask don't me. Get where, it. <laughs> don't know where it's from. Don't ask I me. I guess you could just call it uh, the Cristo. Okay, so can Cristo? I read? Is yeah. it, so they call this one the Cristo, which is cute, isn't it? It's a it's locality of Sambara is one of the world's most prestigious growing sites from um, Lambrusco, which is interesting, isn't it? Why is it pre prestigious, I wonder? It's where the choppy name family have been producing their prize wines for over a century. So that's a very long time. Um, yep. It's 18 bucks. It's 18 that's bucks. That's the key. I think the key there, if you could take one word away, it would be the uh, Cristo. Cristo. I think if you went in and you said to the wine guy at the wine shop, hey, I want a Cristo yeah. Lambrusco, and I don't want to spend more than 20 bucks. Everyone winks at each other like, I got you, Cristo. Go but here's a nice thing for yeah. anyone who cares, and this is what I care about, like what it tastes like and what it's going to go really well with over the holidays. And so apparently it tastes like raspberry tart or yeah. raspberry tart, uh, depending on which part of England you're from. And... Um, it also has a citrusy finish, but it's lovely companion to fried fish or grilled vegetables. See? Look at this. I hope everybody out there is um, appreciative of all the work we've put into this. I, I, yeah, into this I don't know who's out there is going to have fried fish over the holidays. No. Well, but uh, they might. The English. Yeah. The cod, they love their cod. But they wouldn't be having vegetables with it. They'd be having a side of mushy peas and chips. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe a jumbo sausage. Maybe a battered jumbo sausage. Maybe, maybe even oh, I could that's go a holiday meal. Jumbo curry sausage, sauce, a vat of jumbo sausage. You know what? I think that it will be. It's quite common for us to all be like eat the turkey or the goose, and then be like, "Oh, should we just go out for fish and chips?" Because it's all getting a bit, bit, <laughs> bit fancy, isn't it? Let's just go out and get fish and chips. Fish and chips. Let's I eat something out of a piece of paper. I would love to have a fish and chips uh, Christmas. Something well, because I, I always feel shitty at the end of Christmas, like because I eat so much. Like for Thanksgiving, right? We had turkey and stuffing and bread. Oh and this. God! Look at you, just got hating it already. Aren't but you? fish and chips is 
almost healthy. Well, it's not. But and my mum will just not forgive me if I don't say this, but on Christmas Eve, obviously the night before Christmas, for as long as I can remember, we would always invite friends and family round to have the simplest meal you could possibly have, which was chips on white buttered bread. Chip butties the night before Christmas is what you had. Yeah, you French, French fries. For, for those of you who are not from England, uh, chips are French fries. They're fat French fries. Fat French fries, and you put them on bread. bread. Yeah. Is so there any spread on there? Butter like is the spread. Butter. Yes. that's we, All our sandwiches in England have butter on the bread. That's why they're called butties. Butter and bread and chips. Yeah, and salt and it vinegar, so like good. malted vinegar and ketchup so if you want it, if you're a kid. Oh and you just sit there God. and the butter melts and you just sink your teeth into the steaming hot chips and, and it's delightful and then the next day you go all fancy and have like smoked salmon all the fancy stuff and you feel like, you know, there's a happy balance. I am, we're doing this. We're doing this. This year? Yeah, chip no, buddies? I'm, I'm get, yeah, we're doing this because... Uh, I'm going to come inviting myself. So what wine should we pair with our chip butties? Well, I think this Jordan, by the way, have you tried it yet? Have you dumped she, she Emma does not want to I dump want her away. I don't want to get yeah, rid of it. Try, so this is, the again, this is the Jordan uh, two, 2015 Chardonnay from the Russian River Valley. Um, now, here's the thing. Jordan, uh, there we go. Jordan, uh, I, I also want to tell you, as you probably know, there was big fires up there. Northern California got ravaged. Um, and uh, Jordan has been, they've been running a list of their fire-related donations. They've been donating a lot of money. If you go to their website, you check that out. Um, they're having their, they're doing a Christmas at Jordan event, and all the proceeds are going to their Sonoma County Toys for Tots. You know, you got to help that area. It's been bad. And then the other thing is, if you're looking for gifts, they've got a whole new holiday gift guide website. And, and again, if you like California Chardonnay, if you like California Cabernet, So what's the website for the people who uh, go and look at the gifts and Holidaygifts.jordanwinery.com. There it is. And I suppose there's probably, you know, suggestions of how they might want to donate or send toys to the toy drive because it was a big deal for anyone who's not in California or even in the United States. It was absolutely devastating. For how many weeks did it go on for? Oh, crazy fire up there a lot of people died and they've i mean so many i mean just in santa rosa alone i think they lost almost three thousand buildings in wow. santa rosa homes and and so it was a mess and you know any and i think if you're going to go to a lot of these california winery sites if you're going to buy this year if i can recommend anything buy buy, buy california wine yeah. this year you know because they, they could they could use it Is it about I haven't your talked book? about my book enough. So this is the thing, Emma. You, I know that you're very curious about wine, as, I'm, as am I, okay? I am, but so, I, I feel like I have a very short attention span. Yeah. So, it, so if I can get some like little juicy facts that are going to help me along, that'd be great. Well, this is, this is, to, this is a little experiment that I, I, was, I, I went to... Uh, this place called Fig in Santa Monica a couple of years ago. And uh, I was there with the executive chef, a guy named Yusef Galani. He's the chef there. And then uh, Molly Hill, who's the winemaker at Sequoia Grove in Napa. And again, buy your wine from Napa. And they did this this thing, so basically to kind of show how uh, food and wine 
interact because that's the thing, right? And it's we go out to dinner and it's like, oh, what should we pair with this? Right? Nobody yeah. knows, right? But this is a real simple way. And so if you guys want to try this at home, here's what so you're going to So write need. this down. Yeah, you're going to write. You, you're going to need actually, some stuff. You might have to pause. You could even keep this on the, your fridge door to remind you. That's it. This okay. is it. So you're, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a nice bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. I, maybe Sequoia Grove, right? Okay. You're <laughs> going to need a green apple, a lemon, some sea salt, Burrata cheese and sharp cheese. Okay, that's what so you need. So burrata cheese is obviously the creamy mozzarella. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and then, then the other ones are hard, salty, sharp cheese. cheese yeah. Okay. So um, there are five basic tastes that we have. Right. Okay. Sweet, sour, salty, bitter, umami. 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 What's well, the umami bit? Umami is like a like a uh, like a musky. Like no, it's like a like a. Moldy. No, umami is not salt. It's like um, it, it's like sour. A, it's like a like a sort of a sour. Just take taste. your time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't think of the words. I've been having some wine. Um. So th- those are the flavors. Okay. So here's what you're gonna do. So now you're going to take. You got this on a plate. You got these things. You got your green apple, your lemon, your sea salt, your burrata cheese, and your sharp cheese, and you have your glass of cabernet. Here we go. For sweetness, you're gonna take a sip of that wine. So we're drinking red wine. Red Cabernet Sauvignon. You're going to take a sip of that wine, and then you're going to take a small bite from the green apple. Okay. Them. And then you sip that wine again, and what's going to happen is you're going to find it's really aggressively sour. Okay, oh, the wine green apples are sour, is going they? to make The green apples are going to make that wine taste aggressively sour. And so what you learn is sweetness... And Cabernet Sauvignon go together like Ike and Tina Turner, right? They just don't, right? It's, oh, it's but, bad. But I feel like a green apple is sharper than a sweeter apple, if anyone eats a lot of apples. I do. Fiji apples, let's say, are sweeter or, uh, you know. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, there's definitely a sweetness but to that apple. sweetness yeah. with red wine is... is not good. That's, oh. that's what it's teaching you is it's not good. So now with the sourness, you're going to take that same wine mm-hmm. and you're going to take a nibble of the lemon wedge, okay? Ooh. They're going to have some more wine, and what you're going to find is that lemon smooths it out. It smooths Stop. out that Cabernet. Does it? And it gives it this really velvety texture, okay? And that is so, not what I thought you were going to say. No, that's what happens. So the sourness, that sourness works with oh. the Cabernet Sauvignon. So when okay. you're picking your food, you know, you think about that. Maybe mm-hmm. put a little, you know. So now saltiness. Mm-hmm. Take the wine, pinch of sea salt, a little bit of wine again. These two play together. It really kicks up the tannins in that, that you know, that, that, that backbone of the wine. It really, the salt really brings that out and heightens the intensity. Okay. So if you're drinking Cabernet Sauvignon, pass the salt, please. So I think that when we have chip butties on Christmas Eve, Cabernet Sauvignon is the, is the guy to go to. Because it would be delicious. It's with got it. vinegar on the chips and salt on the chips. So Fan, That's it. That's fantastic. That's a good idea. That's so we're going to do decision that. Decision made. Okay. Now you got the bitterness. So you're going to pour the wine down your gullet and eat some of this burrata cheese and then have some more wine. And then you, it's a sweet cheese. So this is a sweet cheese. And I don't know why they did this, Yusuf. And burrata why they did is this. Like more. It's a sweeter. But okay. um, the wine makes, the, the burrata makes the wine, like it's real bitter. It's really bitter. Like if you drink, if you have burrata cheese with that red wine, it's like you're a Fox oh. News. You're like a Fox News viewer. That's how bitter you are. Like it's <laughs> that bitter, yeah. So don't do it. No burrata cheese. And then finally, umami. Same routine. We got the routine the now, right? Cheese. You drink it. You eat the sharp cheese. You do it again. The acidity in that cheese is very compatible with the wine. Okay? Right. Jesus. Stop it, please. I know. I know. And so 
There you have it. So I guess what I've just learned, and I don't know if anyone listening learned a thing or whether you're even still listening at all, but yeah. um, I just learned that, that in cheese, because I just thought all red wine goes really well with all cheeses, but actually you want to veer towards the saltier, less creamy or less sweet, I guess. we. I, I just would have thought that the Barraza would have gone with red wine, but apparently not. So no. there you so go. So there we go. We've, we've here. Cheers to that. We, now we know something. Cheers. Um, Cheers you want to check in back at the Stars of Cabernet and see what else I uh, screwed up? Oh, let's be. see. Uh, let's see. I also spoke to... All right, I think this one works. This guy named Cole Ballantine, young winemaker. He makes a wine called Smoking Gun. Oh, I think I've seen that. Cabernet. It's really good. Right. I don't know if this interview is really good, but I know the wine was delightful. Let's see what it is. Okay, one of the things we love to do on uh, Drinking Fun Time is uh, bring the newcomers to the forefront, and I'm with a, a marvelous newcomer right now. At least his, this wine in particular is a newcomer. Uh, he's not a newcomer in the industry. His name's Cole Ballantyne. By the way, I love when I've been overserved. So my brain is work so I'm newcomer. My brain is working uh, faster than my mouth is. When I well, you're doing wine, a yeah. great job, don't worry. We can't you. tell. Okay. William Ballantyne of William Cole, which is a wine you probably heard of, but Cole, this one you got here, Smoking Gun. I'm confused, and it's me. I'm ta- and I don't know what I'm talking about right there. Don't you just paranoid? You do sound like you're in a box or something, like miles away under the ground. You know what it is? It's because I'm in. You know what it is? Because I'm in the peninsula, and I'm nervous because I keep thinking they're going to get me. Like they're gonna realize that you're 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 not supposed here. to be there. Somebody's gonna know that I don't belong here. Okay, here we go. This is your baby, and it's all new. Tell us about it. Uh, Smoking Gun is kind of you know the new chapter. Um, I'm fifth generation in Napa Valley, and uh, Smoking Gun is a very new label. Just came out in 2013. We're on to the 14 vintage now, and uh, just trying to you know start that next generation and uh, moving geared towards you know kind of the younger generation and getting out in the marketplace. Where did where'd you come up with the name Smoking Gun? Um, our property at William Cole Vineyards is very historic. It's one of the most historic places in Napa Valley. Why is that? Uh, the, it was built in 1873 as a winery. Uh, it was part of the original Charles Crude property. Uh, the owner came from the East Coast to the West Coast, and his stagecoach was robbed down in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, he fucking L.A. man. I know. I everything mean, you come down here, you're gonna get robbed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it was the Wild West back then, and uh, he jumped out of the stage, shot the robber, saved his uh, life's fortune, uh, the stagecoach, and his future, and uh, made his way up north to start his uh, winery. Built it out of stone, and. And, uh, you know, it made its way through Prohibition and uh, was turned into a house in the 1930s. And then we bought it in 97 and uh, turned it back into a winery. What a cool story. Pretty awesome, right? Yeah. I actually thought that he just thought it was a cool name and he was just trying to be, you know, like a cool dude. But that's really, I know. You know, it, it, he had, so it was his, what, five generations ago? Yeah. Someone was there with their stagecoach, if you can imagine it. And uh, they're, they're just being pulled through by their horse and cart, uh, stagecoach, uh, through Los Angeles when suddenly they get robbed. I know. Craziness. What did, what did, they, what did they take? Did they take, like, little vineyards I think and they things? took his uh, family. But he still has the wine. Yeah. That's the key. Um, he has eight, to. 1873, they built this winery. That's cool. Yeah. And did uh, you like the wine? I really did. Yeah. Go to, go to smokinggunwines.com. Check it out. I think they sell it in Trader Joe's. Are they really? I'm pretty sure. I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. So that that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, one day, I just want someone from Trader Joe's to come on and talk to us about how they can sell that awesome collection of wines so cheaply. But anyway, that's a whole other episode. I'm ready for more wine. I'm ahead of you on this. What do you think of this? Let's go. We're going to go to a different state here. Okay. We're going to get out of California. 
we're going to go to sleight of hand. Okay. Now, this is a fancy, weird-looking bottle. It's actually, to be honest, no disrespect to the people who made it, I would not buy this based on what it looks like. Really? I it, like it. It looks See, like circus wine. I kind of think it's cool-looking, yeah. It is super cool, but I would also think, ah, uh, it's, it's a gimmicky wine. kind of... It looks almost like cartoony and... See, I'm, 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 I'm on... So, I, the, to me, it looks like an old kind of movie poster, right? like an old-school 1930s-era movie poster and I think that's really cool yeah. I like it I, I, I would and I see so some people do like and the labels are such a huge part of, of why people buy wine right some people like the old like so for instance Jordan it's very classic yeah and oh, that's the Mondavi the Jordan's very classic probably has the same thing over mm-hmm. there um, what's on there yeah there, there's a, a, a little Vineyard. etching of the estate it's very clean that's very, a very standard where sleight of hand look. but sleight of hand's a funky place right it's in Walla Walla Washington where where uh, where Walla Walla, Walla Walla, Walla Walla. Walla Walla in Washington? Walla Walla, Washington, yes. And this is a, the guy's name is Trey Bush. Uh, he's a fantastic winemaker. He used to be the, uh, he was like ran the Pearl Jam fan club. He's a huge rock and roll guy. Was in the, he was in the military, got out of the military, got in the fashion business, then he got in the wine business. But you go to that, uh, you go out there to, to the sleight of hand tasting room in Walla Walla, they got a whole wall stacked sealing the floor with vinyl, okay? And you go into the tasting room, you can grab a record, throw it on the record player, crank it up, like everything from the from the Damned to Warren Zevon to, you, you like, know, yeah. Beyonce. It's all on the vinyl. Yeah, and, and it's a cool spot. And Walla Walla is a one of the most uh, sort of dynamic wine regions in the United States. There's a guy named Charles Smith there, very famous winemaker he makes his wine in Walla it's it, it's on it's eastern washington why is it dynamic would you say because they just the the the, the climate and the soil they 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 can get really great uh grapes oh, there and and well, i mean look if you're going to if you're going to do the triple crown do you want do you want are you still I do on, i yeah. just want to share a piece of bows because we, we oh, can't you get go. through that can you what is it why don't why don't I just get another glass? How yeah, about that? I'll be right glass. back, folks. So I'll, I'll just say this. Well, so if you're going to go the triple crown of wine states in the United States, I think it's pretty commonly agreed upon that it would be California, Oregon, and Washington State. Okay? And that's where you're going to get the best wine in the U.S. Um, Washington, I guess, would probably be the one that gets, you know, of those three, probably... Maybe a little less recognition, you know. Certainly, California's number one, then probably Oregon. But I love this. I, I like this slight hand. This is an evergreen white wine. This is called. And I am back. I'm sorry about that. I hope you also survived. Now, see, All this right. is way more. So this is Cheers. a little bit more lively. A little bit. Cheers. You get some vegetal. It's way different than what we were drinking. There you go. Cheers. Vegetal. Yeah. Wait. So in that. Jordan, you're getting that Chardonnay. You're getting it's classic California Chardonnay. It's a little buttery. A little, this, you, you get you're getting a big difference in. in, in, in I this. prefer this. You do in terms of so, listeners, we just drank a white wine Chardonnay, which is quite different in America to French Chardonnays, and I don't know why they are buttery and golden in color and not to my taste. But, you know, I wouldn't not drink it if someone gave me a glass. Now what we're drinking is, I feel it's just crisper, lighter, um, but vegetal. I don't know how to say what that even means in my mouth. 
So the vegetal would be, you Sounds know, you're getting that honest. sort of grassiness. You're getting that grassy quality to oh, it. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, um, I get it then. I get it now. Get it. Get it. Greens, green leaves, and spinachy. And this is the this is the this is the magician. Is the name of that wine? What, what year do we got on that one? What is that? Okay. 2014. 2014. Hell of a year. Hell of a year in Walla Walla. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's actually a, a, a 100% Riesling. Did you know that? It is. It's a Riesling, yeah. And I love a good Riesling. Yeah. I mean, that's a... Uh, huh. What does Riesling go with, food-wise? Um, pizza. Uh, I think it goes with Brussels sprouts. And Brussels bacon. sprouts. Uh, go, you know what? There's a sandwich we do back in Philadelphia. It's made. Has it up got of, that shitty cheese. It's on made it? up of uh, cheese wheels, <laughs> bread, and you just put it on. It's white bread, cheese, cheese wheels from the scraped off of a cheesesteak. You put it on the bread, a little salt, vinegar. So it's delicious. Sorry, guys. This is the most random episode, but <laughs> the thing is, for all all of the time I've known Dan, um, he goes on about the how you can't get a Philly cheese anywhere except Philly because, you know, they're just not good enough. And in my mind over the years, I just thought that a Philly cheesesteak must be the sandwich of all sandwiches. Like this, the best steak just, you know, so hot and so fresh and rare or however you want it cut. and then this, whatever the cheese must be the best quality of cheese ever and the bread must be so fresh. And Turns out it's just any old steak with this fake Oh. What cancer-inducing squeezy cheese on the shittest bread, like white, what do you call it, wonder bread or something? Sorry, wrong answer. Do you like have a stop when you did that? Go on. <laughs> Please, tell the people, what is it? First of all, I'm trying to, I'm trying to recover from you just saying it's okay. an, an, or just an every old sandwich. Um, when did you have Why a cheesesteak? When, cheese when did you have a cheesesteak? I've not, and I've yet to oh go. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. But that's you like described it the other day, and I thought, that's awful. Who wants to drink wine with squeezy cheese? You can't know until you've had it. That's all there is to it. I mean, uh, producer Bo has had cheesesteaks. I know. This I know. He's, he's I know. Up. And to be honest. He's giving the thumbs up over there. As much as I really enjoy the realizing that it's made of low-quality produce, but apparently is delicious, I also am excited to try one one day. They're great. I would say do it. Uh, you know, our, our very first guest on the show, I remember we had a little fight with him, Anthony Bourdain, because he said, he actually said that the best Philly cheesesteak was from South Jersey. Yeah. South Jersey is on the other side of the river, so it's basically like, it's like if you said the best New York pizza is in Hoboken. Like, if somebody said that, you'd go crazy, right? You'd be like, no, uh-huh. it's, it's Hoboken. It's New Jersey. You can't have... But your big problem with it was the bread. The bread. Amorosa rolls. So get it. Cheesesteaks... Anyway, we've gone, we've gone completely off track. We're Not off, that you're going to drink wine rails. with a Philly cheesesteak. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to check back in at the Stars of Cabernet and see what uh, what else is going on? Here's a very. This is one that's interesting. Okay, this woman I spoke to. Her name. Well, let, me, let me. We'll just play it. We'll see. But I, this was this was a wine that I found fascinating, and I think if you're you know if you want to be clever with your holiday gift this year, this one you might want to try. Okay, I'm here with uh, Sarah Beer, who obviously is a winemaker. <laughs> How does that happen? How's your name, Sarah Beer? 
Wine. I was lucky enough to marry into that name, so it wasn't actually my my maiden name is something really boring. But I met a gentleman named Jonah Beer, who's been in the wine business a long time. And well, I mean, if you get that option, don't you take take that name? I mean, Beer is fantastic. So. Beer is a great name. Yes. And uh, speaking of great, the you have a wine called Pilcrow, yes. and it's so as someone who uh, is a man of letters, I'd like to say I published four books. Uh, I've published four books. Who did you just say that to? Her, because it's, you know what a pilcrow is? It's that, it's that reverse P that you use as the paragraph symbol. It's, it's a, oh, God. She's, a, she's obsessed with uh, typography, her and her husband. This is, this is, is where this why this is interesting? Pilcrow. Go I on. Yeah, I, tell us about the name pilcrow, where it comes from. Yeah, so pilcrow is actually, a, 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 it's a symbol that everybody has used in their lifetime, but they didn't know it was called a pilcrow. So it's the paragraph symbol, which is the backwards P with two lines that we all know from when we've used Microsoft Word. And it's actually a symbol that is very special. It was one of the most ornate symbols that was used in type. By the way, when I'm in doing my interview, is it would it be wrong for me to just turn to the guy next to me and go, shut the fuck up? I so feel like as you... I'm interviewing her, this guy next, he, like he sees the recorder. I'm holding the recorder, and he, I swear to God, he started talking louder because he's talking to the people that are at his table, and I think he did it on purpose. He, he probably didn't see you, that you had a, a no, recording No, it was right next equipment. to him, right next to him, and I just wanted to go, hey, dude. Why are you talking louder? Listen, listen, I don't think listen anyone's photography, and it was often done in red. And so now it's all I can hear, but I couldn't before. The very end, and that's why there's now a space at the beginning of a paragraph instead of a symbol. I'm sorry, Sarah Beers. I can't even do it. Or you could have used the right microphone, <laughs> which I showed you how to use. You use you use the microphone designed to like record birds in the forest. I, that's I, what you were using. I accept full responsibility for this. I did. I'm not good at it. I'm All not right. good at I'm not good at recording these things and I I messed up. I'm sorry. So we're talking about grammar and in relation to wine? What? Pilcrow? Well, she so Pilcrow, so she's they she actually this is their first I think this is their first vintage and their idea is every every uh, every vintage they're going to use a different font. So this one they're using, I think, Caslin mm -hmm. for their first one. And so even that font is used on the, is printed on the cork. And then next year, they'll, they'll, whatever they feel the character of that vintage is, it's going to be a little different. They're going to go with a different font. So if you're into, if you're into geeky, and this is the thing. Oh, God. I know. I can't, I can't help it. Um, wines are about stories. Wines it. about stories, right? Like, yeah. And so if you, if you gift somebody this, that's the thing. If you gift it to them, then you have a story to tell them. I, oh, you know what? I know you love, I know you love books, and I know you. I know you love typography. So, here's a wine. That's a cool gift, right? It becomes a cooler gift than just, hey, I picked out this wine because, uh, you know. That is, and also, for people who are trying to get into wine, and and it is a, just a minefield because it's so complex. It's a way of setting everyone on, aside from one another. Otherwise, they'll get lost together, don't they? There are all these different, so many different wine companies all trying, making very similar wines. So. so many. And that's the thing. It's like if you have the story, especially this time of year when you're going into parties, oh. you're giving it as a gift. If you, can, if you can attach it to something that has meaning to the person, then I think it's, that, a, and it's that a better gift. is your big tip. For this episode, that is the big tip. It's yeah. just the tip on the show here. I knew you'd bring dongs into it. You want to try what? There's one more that I want to try from the from the stars of Cabernet 
uh, because it's one of my favorite wines. I I hope it's not uh, over. Uh, what is it called, Bill? What's the audio problem that I've had? Over modulated. Let's see if this happened. I think this one might be though. Okay, I'm here with Ben Heise. Ben uh, works for probably. It's one of the best wineries in all of California, and without a doubt, the number one best named uh, winery in all of California, Dunn Vineyards. That's Dunn Vineyards, D-U-N-N. Ben, how are you, man? Hey, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. I love the fact that you recognize the surname being the best winery. I don't know why, but maybe because you're Dan. You sound great this time. He sounds awful. I, well, you know, I, I was probably shoving the mic down his throat. Yeah. Because yeah, my, my, I, I was so off. Like, because you got to realize, here's what's happening. You're in a room. It's very busy. There's a lot of people around, and I'm overstimulated. And by that, I mean by the people and by the wine I've been drinking. And I'm trying to drink and think. You're trying to do two things and at once. Do, I and, get it. And, and, and the mics was three things. Oh, that's three. Three things. Oh, I can't you know do you three. No. There's the, I'm, not, I'm not a smart it's man. Maybe you know, three like of us. Three things is a lot. To All ask right. Me. Here's so, a question. You'd, you were over served, let's say. No, no. I, was, I wasn't drunk there. No, okay. I was fine, yeah. What is he about to say? Don't. He Can says, you remember what he says? He says that. Don't belch just to avoid the question. He says that wine... He says, he talks about done wine. Uh, Let's see what he says. Let's see. And the wine's not bad either. What I have right here is a 2014 Cabernet in the glass. Ben, tell people out there, why should they get this wine for the holiday party they're going to go to? You show up with this bottle. What do we got here exactly? It's a done. It's Napa Valley 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon. You show up with this at the holiday party. What do people think of you? Well, we're fortunate that we've been doing this for a long time. So we just pulled in our 39th harvest. Uh, Randy is an old uh, dirt-loving hippie tree hugger and a cowboy. And so, uh, number one, people are probably going to have seen the, the ornate uh, label, and they're going to want to get their... Think, the labels. It's the la- See, that's the, one of the number one selling points. Yeah, you're right, but what about Randy? Randy Dunn. Was Randy there? No, Randy wasn't there. This guy, Ben, was there. He sounds like a character. They're going to think this is something special. You're going to want to drink that wine, Dan. You're going to have to wrestle the bottle if you want to sip. What's this? What the bottle of this set you back for the holidays? Oh, geez. So most of our wine is either going to restaurants or we're selling it directly out of the winery. Okay. Uh, We try not to publish that. Okay. I love his honesty. Oh, geez. Like, he knows. But he doesn't say how much he Good luck, guys. But really, why would some winemakers decide to completely skip over the uh, sell, selling them up on the high street and just go straight for restaurants? Well, I mean, first of all, it's how much output they do every year. They're, they're probably doing, I'm going to guess, something like Dunn is doing under 10,000 cases. So it's not a lot of wine. And it's the prestige factor. Yeah. So these wines, the Dunn wines are well over $100, I believe. Probably so they in know the $200 range. For, yeah. It's for a guarantee that they're going to sell it because obviously the restaurants will probably regularly buy Absolutely. the same amount. So, so basically their allocation is restaurants or if you're part of their wine club. So you can go check, go to Dunn Vineyards and, and try to get in their wine club. Or they're selling it out of the, out of the winery up in Napa. They're selling it out See, of the that, not that I want other people to do this, but if I was ever going to make wine, that's the way I would do it. I mean, you don't have to make as much and you make more money. No. I mean, it, well, that said, I would think that folks at Gallo or 
the wine that I just poured myself right now, actually, Mondavi, they're not doing bad either. <laughs> no, because these... And they're selling millions and millions of... Yeah, they're selling a lot of wine. So uh, I think a lot of it just has to do with the property you have. They, you know, if you're buying grapes or if you're doing estate grapes, so you know the difference. So if, it, if, it, if it's an estate wine, what that means is the, the, the winery owns the vineyard, and it's their wine. It's the, the grapes are their grapes. They're estate grapes. If it's not an estate, so a lot of times what happens up there is there's growers, there's farmers that sell their grapes to wineries. And there's some, there's some growers up there that have, you know, some of the best vineyards in Napa and Sonoma uh, are not owned by wineries. They're owned by farmers. So when, say, for instance, a winemaker says, yeah, this is like 30% this wine, 50% this wine, and da, 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 then you know that there's a good chance they brought in some of those wines from Alabama. Not, not necessarily because, you know, on the estate, it's just what they're planting. So they, they could, you know, they could be planting... They're, most wineries are doing this. They're planting Cabernet Sauvignon. They're planting Merlot. They're planting Pinot Noir. They're planting now in Napa. Obviously, the, the the biggest the biggest grape is Cabernet Sauvignon. That's the king of Napa. That is the wine that most people associate with Napa is Cab, and that's because it probably grows the best up there. But there are places that are doing Syrah up there, and they're doing you know other grape red grape varietals, and then obviously Chardonnay up there too. And so yeah. Go to Napa and Sonoma. And it's gorgeous as well. Rolling hills. I feel like I'm about to say something really fascinating here. Let's see. The, the Napa wines are, uh, you know, under $100, and the Howell wines are over $100. Wait, why am I drinking the one that's under $100? Because you already tried the 13. Oh, this. Drinky, drinky fun time. Give me the one that's over $100. Okay, let me see. I'm, I'm worth it. And this is where we farm, Howell Mountain. So you're now drinking 13, 2013 vintage Howell Mountain Cabernet Sauvignon. Then let me ask something. There was one of the big fires that happened up there. Did you guys get hit at all by that thing? We were very fortunate. We live in a little bubble where that is not affecting us. Hardly had any smoke, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um, so we, we're, we're here to support those that were affected, but we were not. And the community up there as a whole, I guess everybody's just pitching in and doing their part? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, while you were there, did you meet anyone who'd been affected by the fires? No, yeah, certainly. There were some people there that had, had you know, some damage. No, nobody that lost, I think if you had lost your vineyard, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't there. be there. Exactly. Yeah, but, uh, but the ones that, yeah, I mean, you know, look, there's been a lot of damage up there, but they're going to recover. Everything's going to be okay. By the way, that guy, does he sound, could you sound more Californian than that guy? He's like, bruh, I love it. I love that California accent. Um, what else we want to do here? Uh, well, Maybe. we're dragging this out. We well, are dragging so. it out. But I like it. You know why we're dragging it out? Because we're drinking. And now what are we drinking? This is Robert Mondavi, who's, you know, you could argue probably the most influential figure oh, don't in Napa say. Valley. No, probably was. Like, really? they're certainly in the top five most influential people. He's dead now. But whoever, uh, he helped put Napa Valley on the map. Robert Mondavi Winery. This is the Reserve 2014 Carneros. So down in the lower part uh, there. Uh, Napa Valley Pinot Noir. Have you tried it, Evan? Have you tried uh, this no, one? No, here I am. I'm going. Give it a try. Yeah. It's a, uh, this is a 2014, which was going to be remembered as the earthquake year up there. That's when they had that big earthquake in 2014. Yeah. Uh, it was a week before I left to go for American Wine. Um, this is a, but it's an excellent vintage, okay? And this harvest came early. It was a very hot year 
They were picking the grapes by September 3rd. And by the way, that's another thing. we got to do another show. When oh, we talk about, about climate change and what it's doing to wine. Yes. Because harvest used to be in October. Now it's, it's some places getting in. It's in freaking August It can now. be the, hey, Trump, listen yeah. up. Yeah, wine listen up. Wine is not growing so well. Listen, don't read that press release. Tell me this. What does reserve really mean when it's on the front of a, a wine bottle? And is it only on red wine or can you get a reserve uh, rosé? No, they usually do white reserve wine. whites. I mean, reserve wine is what, basically it's their best wine. Oh. You know, it's, 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 they're using their best grapes there. And this, that's, it's, yeah, it's just basically another okay. way of saying this is. So this is the 2014 cheers. Cheers to that one. Yeah. Pinot Noir. Um, oh, it smells. What I like with red wine is you can smell the warmth sometimes. Do you ever think that? Like warmth actually goes yeah. up your nostrils. No, I, I, that. And I think this time of year, you're not going to be drinking as much. I mean, I think the white wines are great to have before your, but this red wine. That's what I'm drinking throughout my meal. That's yeah. what I'm drinking at the end of the night. That's what I'm, yeah. It's, um, what do you think, producer? Because you really, if it's on, he, he veers towards Malbec a lot, but you do like a Pinot Noir. How do you feel about this? I think it's a, like a full-body Pinot, which you usually don't Full-body Pinot? Isn't that weird? Because Pinots are usually <laughs> really light. A strange phrase. I don't know why I thought that was weird. <laughs> oh, I love a full-body Pinot, I do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a good one. This is why I don't talk on the show ever. Uh, I mean, look, Emma, we can't all be wine experts like you and I. Sorry, Producer Bo. Um, I think that's something I would take away from this episode if I was listening. I was like, that's the phrase that you can use and know you're going to get a laugh and everyone's going to remember that 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 wine was full-bodied. But you know what? In his defense, I'm going to say that it it really is. And this Mm. is, you know, another word you could use for this would be another word for full. You could say it's round. It's very round. It, round. Does that mean like it feels? You feel like it's all around your mouth. It's round. It's Stood complex. Up in your gums. It's up and around the back of your fillings. It's you know, there's a lot of worn wine terminology that you could throw out. Animal, Emma. Mm-hmm. I hate to interrupt our wine drinking, but I, I'm getting a call on the other line. You know what time it is, don't you? Time to end this fucking show. Aww. Damn it, Mike Friedman. It's time to go. It always ruins the fun. Well, you heard it. It's time to end the show. Uh, thanks for joining us on this 2017 holiday wine extravaganza. I hope we've been able to help you. Yeah, and I hope you took down all the notes Dan mentioned and all the different you know, vineyards and winemakers out there that you should order online if you're not local. Yeah. And, go uh, California this year. Let's, let's go. Let's rally around California. That's it. We'll see you on the next one. And I uh, love you all. Bye. I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL, no. the 70s were crazy. Night. <laughs>
The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would, he even, why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype and that he has come for his cocaine. As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced ve-a-pe in Spanish, oh my God. he spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. 